Hey guys, Ina Esco here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Verbally Effective Podcast, episode 41 with Mikhail Lowry. Before we go in on podcast, I have a few ads. The inaugural Battle of the Blues, benefiting the Millington Crisis Center, hosted by myself, Ina Esco, will be November 3rd, 2018 at the USA Stadium in Millington, Tennessee. The event begins at 12 p.m., gates open at 10 a.m., featuring house band Street Preacher. Tickets are available at Eventbrite, the Millington Crisis Center, and they are $10 in advance, $15 at the gate. The inaugural Battle of the Blues, benefiting the Millington Crisis Center, all brought together by Deborah Seguin. Robusto by Havana Mix presents On the Rocks, Whiskey Plus Cigar Pairing by Cynthia Daniels and Company. Tuesday, November 13th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Havana Mix, 250 Peabody Place, Suite 105. Join us for an evening of premium cigars and libations from the industry most prestigious brands. Light appetizers included. $35 ticket includes one cigar and whiskey flight. On the rocks, whiskey plus cigar pairing, all presented by Robusto by Havana Mix. Whether it's screen printing, embroidery, or promotional product, the T-Shirt Lab consistently produces quality products with a vast turnaround. Design it, print it, and wear it. Contact the T-Shirt Lab today at theteshirtlab.com. Email info at T-H-E-T-E-E shirtlab.com or call 901 or you can even stop by the T-Shirt Lab today at 986 East Brooks Road, Memphis 1038117. The T-Shirt Lab. Design it, print it, and wear it. Verbally Effective, Episode 41, your double E, Ina Esco, here in the studio. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 41. You could be doing anything right now, but you're hanging out with me and one of my good friends from way back in the day at my alma mater, Lamorne on College, Mr. Shelby County Commissioner Mikhail Lowry, District 8. Hey, Mikhail. Hey, what's up, Ina? LOC. LOC, baby. You know we hype right now for home. That's right. That's right. How you doing, Mikhail? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you for coming. You look good. Well, likewise, but you know, doing the best Thank I can with what I got, as you my look mother like would say. You're the same size from back in the day. It ain't the same. It's not. It, it ain't the same. the same. It ain't. It don't feel the same. <laughs> Listen, I tell you what, I um, you know, it's homecoming week. So we had a couple of former players come back mm-hmm. and participate in some uh, events and some games. And I got out there, and you I'm telling you, you know, I didn't play the game. I got in a three-point contest. Okay. It don't feel the same. I'll put it to you like that. Wow. had a good time, though. I should have did the volleyball. I'm telling you. The, I'm, I'm going to. Come on I'm back. Gonna, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. I want to do some things with the volleyball team. But um, before we go full throttle into LOC, you know, I know you kind of when I first started knowing you, Mikhail, was a freshman at Lamont on college. I think right. you were a sophomore when I got there. Right, right. right. So what? tell me about Mikhail before Lamont. Before like, Lamont. What like part before then. of Memphis are you from? Yeah, so so I got to tell the part of Memphis I grew up in is Raleigh. Okay. But I got to tell you the full story. So okay, a lot of folks him. don't know this. Um, so my parents, I was born in Memphis, mm-hmm. but my parents divorced early on. I don't think I was two. Mm-hmm. And uh, as most children do, you know, you'll live with your mother uh, back in, the, in those times. So uh, my mom was from Georgia. So I lived in Atlanta and spent my summers in Memphis with my dad. So I went to school and all that kind of good stuff in Atlanta. And then in high school, I decided I wanted to come stay with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I came and moved to Memphis and went to Craigmont. 
Uh, yeah, I went to Craig Munt uh, my junior year, um, but wanted to play basketball, wanted to continue to do all those things. So I ended up going back to my school in Georgia for my senior year, no, played ball there. I did, but it brought me right back to Lemoyne because okay. thankfully because of that, I got a little basketball scholarship at uh, LOC because of that. Did you have intentions so. on going to Lemoyne the whole time, or did it just happen like that? It happened like that. I tell you, um, I had uh, I, the full story. I, I thought I was going to Morehouse. Okay. Um, that was my goal. That was my plan. I got accepted into Morehouse, uh, and uh, but they only want to give me a partial scholarship. Oh yeah. And uh, Lamont on College want to give me a full scholarship. <laughs> right, look, that's why. And, and my parents told me that I had to pay for a third of my college. They said, you know, we got to figure out a way to pay mm. for something. I was like, okay. I think we're gonna take this full scholarship at Lamont mm-hmm. on College. Was the one that been the one of the best decisions I could have made. So that's how I ended up at yeah. Lamont. And you were a business major like myself. That's right. That's right. And you know what? You were always business oriented. Like you kind of like took control of situations. I remember like student government as yeah, well. I yeah. remember Mikhail. I tell you, you going way back with all that kind of I stuff. I know, so. but it's so good to reminisce, especially around homecoming time. Um, you know, you were an athlete. I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. You pledged Big Money Beta Mu Kappa Alpha Psi. Right. I know you're still close to your frat brothers. We can't help but be close. You know what yeah. that's like. We went to yeah. a small school, so our chapter small. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of brothers this weekend. How did y'all get the name Big Money? Can you know you tell what? That yeah, secret? I can tell. Well, uh, <laughs> you know what? From what I've been told, it came from a uh, a line back in the '70s. And, um, you know, they were always known for throwing parties and doing a lot of things on campus. And, and you know, they were packed. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Kane just came up with, like, hey, we're making all this money. These parties, we big money, baby, mu. And I think it just big stuck. Money. Now, you know what? The thing is, you ask five of us that, we we'll probably all have five different stories. Yeah. But, you know, it just keeps growing and growing. So we just hold, held on to it. Okay, okay. Big money, baby, mu. Like, you know, that's just sticking in my head right now. <laughs> but uh, other things sticking in my head were your champagne sprees at oh the River Mark. Oh, listen to you. We Listen had to fun. You. We, we had, had a good time. time when we was at Lemoyne. Do you remember when Montel Jordan came to our yes! champagne free? Okay. I took a picture with Montel <laughs> We still got those pictures. <laughs> He's a noob. He is a noob. Do y'all still keep in touch? Like, no. How did y'all get Montel Jordan? He He's was the, hot back then. He was the craziest thing. So Montel was in town already uh, performing someplace else. We were having an event. And you know what? So we were a little young and cocky. Yeah. Basically, uh, my line brother just stepped to him. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Burlon Street. Burlon! What's up, Burlon? It was like, hey, the noob's kicking. <laughs> we over here. We got a little spot having champagne spree. Told him it was going to be a, a good look <laughs> for him to show right. up. And he did. And he came and hung out, too. He didn't just show up and take a picture, as you know. He, he hung out for a while, which I was surprised. Like, okay, Montel, why don't you go on somewhere? Because, uh, you know, we had Montel, you were the star. <laughs> but you all... Um, you know, brought a lot of talent to Lemoyne. Like, what well, your connections? Remember, three six would come. Good mob. We had we had everybody yeah. come. Yeah, okay, yeah. but let's fast forward to now. All of the changes at Lemoyne right. are like so great. Right. It looks like a new campus to me. Good. I'm glad to hear you say that. I mean, because first of all, you got to have pride in where you go to school. Yeah. And so there have been a lot of changes, not only at Lemoyne, but what's going on around that community. Yeah. And so you got to you listen. It looks much different than when you and I stepped on yes, campus, it does. right? So yes, it uh, does. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. It does. Yes. Now, do you remember, like, when we were going to Lemoyne, it kind of seemed like it was a stigma around if you went to Lemoyne. Um, I probably had conversations with people maybe immediately after I graduated, and I had so much pride in my school, and I couldn't believe people had this perception yeah. as if, it, oh, you went to Lemoyne, so what? Like, right, right. And I, did you ever go through that? All the time. Really? All the time. In fact, uh, I speak to people, and they be like, you went to Lemoyne? They can't believe it. Mr. Yeah, Commissioner I'm went like, to Lemoyne? Uh, yeah, I did. Right. But, you know, and... Um, 
But you know, I think that kind of built character for us. Yeah. Because it always put a chip on my shoulder because I felt I could compete with anybody. So when I was, if I was going in for interviews or internships, uh, I wore that proudly and then knew that I was going to have to have an uphill battle. So I made right. sure I was beyond prepared. And I think that's what Lamorne does for you a little bit. Yes. So it's that secret that you and I know, that alums know, that maybe that the outside world doesn't know about the close connection and what happens for you when you go to Lamorne or college. With that. I, I like how you said that yeah. because I really feel what you just said. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I used to get it all the time, but I, we grind. We get, I mean, we hustle and we do what we want to do. Hey, that's what South and Memphis does. So we, yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Oh, my God. Okay, LLC, LLC. <laughs> now, are you on the board? I yet? am. Okay, so what does that entail? Well, it's a different dynamic at times. It's our job to have a fiduciary responsibility for the college. Mm-hmm. We set uh, policy. Uh, which is different from operational. Uh, the president of the college is responsible for the day-to-day operations of the school. Uh, she gets to make the choices that she thinks are best to move the school forward uh, when we get involved in the times of policy and governance. Uh, so that's our position, which sometimes it's, it's difficult when you're uh, an alum, uh, alumni like we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you care about your college. All the trustees care, but you want to see it be in the best position possible Um and sometimes you have trustees that reach out to you, uh, other alums that reach out to you, students that reach out to you. But I'm proud to be there. You yeah, definitely, directions. definitely, because okay. uh, definitely, uh, because sometimes change is slow. And I remember when we were there, we wanted things right now, right then and there. And you have to understand that you have to let the president implement her plans and her processes to get us there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer than some people may want. Um, but that's the way change happens. So sometimes you have to sit back and just uh, hope for the best when it comes to those things. And then she's doing a good job. So Yes, she yeah. is. My soror. That's Dr. right. That's Andrea. right. That's right. How is she doing? I haven't seen her in a while. I, I just saw her last week. I think she, homecoming. And she's been busy. You yeah. know, we've had a lot of new hires at the college. Um, and really? then, yeah, a lot yeah. of new professors. Well, we've got some new professors. We got some new. We got new people in the administration. Okay. Uh, that she's recently hired. So she's been busy. And again, she has a plan that she's trying to fulfill. So uh, she's doing a lot of work. Okay. Well, if y'all need any help with anything, let me know. Uh, we're gonna get you over there now. Put you to work. Work. Look, <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Like at this point in my life, that's what I really want to do. Good. So I'm ready, Michaela. Good. Good. Go. All right. Now, when you graduated from Lemoyne. <clears throat> What was life like? Life was good back then. Uh, Good. I know, right? (laughs) Look, you you had me thinking about another time, uh, day and time in my life. I know that's about like 20 years ago. Look, 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 life was good. I graduated from Lemoyne. I had a job already waiting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I interned with FedEx uh, my senior year. Mm -hmm. So I had a job at the time and a Stayed at the, had a nice little apartment downtown. So you, I, I thought I was somebody at uh, when I graduated. Yeah, you from had it going life, life was good, yeah. And so you started, did you start in sales with FedEx? Oh, no, no. I actually interned with the marketing division. Okay. And so, in fact, if you told me I'd been in sales, I'd have laughed at you. But I mm-hmm. uh, started with the company in marketing. Um, did about a couple, about two years there in marketing. And our company likes to do a lot of reorganizations. Mm-hmm. So they reorged our entire group over into IT to automate some things we were doing. So I became a project manager in IT for about four or five years. So, yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so, but that wasn't my passion. That right. wasn't that. That wasn't where I was using my talent. So, and then that's what led me into the sales side of things, which is basically about building relationships at the end of the day. So, it really is. Yeah. But you know what? Marketing and sales go hand in hand. They do. They do. So you were probably you know just getting the experience you need to go ahead and get into that big sales role. Oh, it was been good. It was it was it was a good preparation for that. So. 
Okay. Yeah. And so you've gotten a lot of awards with FedEx. Tell me about that. Oh, Ina, here we go. I know you don't like it. to brag. Mikhail well, it, it, is very modest, it, ladies and gentlemen, but we're going to get it on out there. Well, Come on, Mikhail. Uh, listen, uh, uh, I've been fortunate. <laughs> it's been, <laughs> I've been fortunate uh, to be able to have some success uh, while being at FedEx. Um, you know, the highest award that FedEx can give is mm. called the FedEx Five Star Award, and I won that wow. uh, last year. So really? uh, I'm How proud did of that. that feel? You know what? It was been a goal of mine. Okay. Uh, they don't hand those things out, it's only given to the top 1% of our entire corporation. And right now we got about 400,000 employees. So you can do the math on that. Well, I tell you, it, it was always been a goal of mine to accomplish something that warranted the consideration. So number one, I was glad to be considered and, and just as uh, happy to win the award. Did you have to work on a specific project to be considered and, you know, yield results? Is that how that works? That's how it works. Uh, for me, it was a series of projects. And usually it's things that have a tremendous impact on our bottom line, can have an impact on our employees. So for me, it was a couple of projects that kind of led me in that path to be considered. Okay. So FedEx, you got it going on. You're still there. Yeah. Um, I also see that you were actually recognized by the Memphis Journal for the Top 40 Under 40 yeah, Award. When was yeah. that? Well, that was a couple of years ago, at least three years ago now, I believe. Um, I was proud to do that. Memphis Business Journal did Top 40 Under 40, and uh, I was happy to uh, be considered. And yeah, I think, But you know what? Care. You know I owe that to? I owe that to Lamorno in college. Because, why do you say that? Well, because um, the reason why I was considered at that time is because I, yeah, I used to be a uh, national alumni president, as you know, Lamorne Oil College. I'm one of the youngest board trustee members that have been uh, on the board. So it was through my service at Lamorne that it was recognized by other entities. Mm-hmm. So the Business Journal, uh, in addition to I was doing some work, but really, really it was my community working while I was doing at Lamorne that had people say, hey, uh, maybe you should be considered. I'm so proud of you, Mikhail. I got I got another accolade I want to say. Ebony Magazine's top 30 under 30. Ooh, in your 30s. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, he look, was like, yeah, look, Ebony. Look, it feels so long ago now. It feels so long ago. But, yeah, I was yeah happy about that, too. Wow, congratulations, Mikhail. Now, you do a lot of community involvement. I mean, tell me about some of the projects that you participate in in the community of Memphis. Well, one of the things I was most proud of, of what I used to do in the community, was my uh, involvement with coaching. I was a youth football coach for almost 12 years. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whitehaven was the last place I coached. I was over there about three years. I've coached in Carrieville, I've coached in Bartlett. And um, so I've always been passionate about uh, uh, mentoring young men. Um, but so I'm passionate. I'm most proud of that um, because I get phone calls now from some kids I coached when they were 10, 11 years old. Now they're in college. And some of them playing college football or mm. they're playing high school football. And they're like, hey, coach, you're going to come to one of my games. So Aww. I still see the benefits and impact you may have had on someone's life from, you know, five, almost 10 years ago that's from so what they're good. doing now. So that's one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, but again, you, I mean, you mentioned my work with Lamorne, um, passionate about what happens over in Soulsville and South yeah. Memphis, because that's where our school is. Yeah. And that helped shape who we are today. Um, I was president of my neighborhood association for about two years. So I think it's just built in me. Not from, you know, a lot of people know who my father is, um, but a lot of people don't know who my mother is. Uh, and she's a, a Baptist minister in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. So I see service from both sides of the fence. Wow. You see service from the, her ministry and you see service from my dad who's been involved in politics. How often do you see your mom? Not 
often enough is what she would say. I know that's what she would say. My goal is to try to see her every two to three months. Okay. So yeah. I need to do better. But she knows I've been busy, but that's still no excuse. That's no excuse, Mikhail. I know, I know. But I'm going to do better. What? But you know what? You mentioned um, your involvement with mentoring young men. And I noticed, you, you know, you're married with three girls. I know, right? No boys. How about that? <laughs> you know, funny story is that uh, when I was doing all this coaching, I used to tell myself, now watch me have no sons. <laughs> because you spoke it I spoke it. I spoke it to, but you know what? I couldn't be uh, proud and more happier than my girls. Now, they're not playing no football. No. But you look, my four year old, you get on the soccer field, she's doing all right. So. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, they, they keep me busy as you can imagine. I can imagine. Cause I got a four year old. There you go. You know, Ooh, we, you know, it's something different between that four year old and I have a 13 year old, two boys, oh, yeah. four year old and a 13 year old. They are like polar opposites. Uh. How old are your girls? So four? my four, nine, and then my oldest, um, is 20. And she's in college. Now, I got to tell you this because you know, you look at me like, okay, I know you don't have no 20 year old. You no, were, like, you wait a you, minute. Where I knew was you, I? You, you hey, like, where wait. was I? Yeah, 20 years ago, we was at the I know what's up with that. 20. My okay. oldest daughter, I don't refer to her as my oldest daughter, is my stepdaughter. Okay. We don't refer to that, but that's my stepdaughter. But uh, and so, uh, but now she's doing great. She's a junior at Barry University okay. in Miami, Ooh. studying to be a nurse. Yeah, I know, I know. But she's doing good. She's making good grades and taking care of herself. So look, I bet she don't come home off a douche. You know what? She like to come home a little bit. Does oh, she? Yeah, yeah. Look, she just got a car this year, so uh, we'll see if she wants to come home now. Now she got a car, but she's been coming home lately, so we'll see. That's awesome! Wow, the family man. Yeah, but you know that. what? When I think back at Lemoyne, our days at Lemoyne, I, right. I, I always thought of you as being probably a good future family man. Future. Look. I'm like, yeah, future. Because <laughs> those days you couldn't see. <laughs> no, no. Future. No, no, but that's good because some of them I'm like, oh, no, not, never. Hey, change the thing. Yeah, you, you, you. you got to give us time to evolve. You know how it's like. Give us, give, give us, a, little mo- like. give us a little moment. Yes, yes, because a lot of people kind of surprise you. There you, you go. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just life, the That's human right. element. That's right. Okay, so let's get into this new prestige and position you have as the Shelby County Commissioner for District 8. What All does right. that mean, Mikkel? What well, do you do? Well, let me tell you first about what District 8 is. So District 8, uh, if you start up, I start up north and come down, so it takes in a little bit of Frazier. Uh, it comes down, grabs all of downtown Central Gardens, then takes in a good portion of South Memphis, also where Lamorne on College is, is in District 8. So you know I was excited and proud to represent the area that Lamorne is as well. So yeah, so we're responsible for uh, a lot of the funding that goes on for the county, uh, most of it as well. Uh, the legislative body of the county is a little bit different from the city. Uh, city of Memphis, uh, the mayor has a signature authority on pretty much um, what he wants to do as far as contracting. That's not the case with the county. All that stuff over a certain dollar amount has to come to the county commission. So we're responsible for, for approving a lot of funding. Mm-hmm. And also uh, we're responsible for the uh, unincorporated areas of, of the county, okay. police, fire, uh, responsible for health care in the county. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot, a lot goes on with it. So you all make a lot of heavy decisions. We do. We do. How long is the term? Four-year terms. Four-year Yeah. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, little Obama. You got yeah. four years. <laughs> Look, okay, so... You know, we have the midterm elections coming up. Right. So is that like 
you know, a hot topic for you even in politics? Are you always getting with your constituents or your, you know, fellow commissioners? Is that always what's the buzz right now due to, you know, it's right around the corner, November? Right, right. So Yeah, definitely. We hear from our constituents all the time about, you know, what should we vote on, especially right now because there are three referendums on the table. So I'm so glad you bring this up. So uh, remind everybody that early voting is going on right now. Right now early Tennessee. voting means you can go vote anywhere. So, um, and of course, in election day is November 6th. Uh, so get out there and go vote. But, yeah, it's our responsibility uh, to make sure we're keeping the public informed. Mm-hmm. Um, people call all the time and say, hey, I don't understand what this referendum means. What should I do? You know, I may give you my opinion. I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but I'll do my best to explain what the referendum says so you can make an informed decision. Well, at a high level, what are the three referendums? All right. So there are three referendums on the table. Uh, One has to do with uh, IVR, instant runoff of voting. Um, This was voted on by the uh, the citizens of Memphis 10 years ago uh, when we had the Charter Commission. What it basically says, it's a little bit confusing, but Mm. what it basically says... Um, you get to rank your choices when you come to vote. Right, rank choice voting. So if the if the three of us that are in here were running for office, um, someone can come in and say, "Hey, uh, Ian is my number one. Um, a man with the camera here is number two. Mikhail is number three. That's who I want." If and, there was a runoff, well, it, 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 no. this would eliminate runoffs. Oh, okay. This is the reason why this is the reason why you put it in place. Mm-hmm. So if the number one person gets fifty one percent of the vote, then that's Null and done. It's all done. But if they don't, then they tabulate all the other votes together. So then, then they look at who's your second place votes, who's your third place vote. They tabulate that to get a winner. Mm. Um, you know, it's been effective in some cities. I, I just think a lot of people aren't aware and knowledgeable of the process. So that's on the. So you get a chance to vote if you're for that or well, it's a yes and no. It should be for and against. It will make it a lot easier if, if the ballot said I'm for it or I'm against it. But it's a yes and no. I mean, was this question. such a, like a hot topic to have this even, you know, executed as a referendum? I mean, how did this come about? Yeah, so, so in 2008, we had a charter commission, and this was put towards the voters in 2008 on the charter. Should we institute instant runoff voting so it could eliminate runoffs? Because the issue is when we have runoffs, which are in our single district council seats, people don't show up. But that's, you You know, sometimes you can't blame them. Sometimes they say, didn't I just go vote for that person? Didn't I just right. go vote in that election? You mean I got to go back? Oh, and by the way, runoffs are during a certain time and you got to get off work again. The so convenience our, factor. So the turnout is very, very, very low. So the, the opponents, uh, no, the proponents uh, for IVR say, hey, well, this will eliminate that. We'll save money on elections. We don't have runoffs anymore. We'll do it one time. People can rank choice their votings, one, two, or three tabulate the votes we'll have a winner no need for that mm-hmm. the people in the opposition say well, we don't understand how this works wow. we're used to one man one vote one woman one vote uh is what they'll say and we don't not educated enough to understand how this process works and why are we trying to institute this now when we voted on it 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, so that's number one okay two mm-hmm. is referendum regarding term limits now currently the city council the mayor and as well as the county commission and the mayor uh, have two term limits, two four-year terms. The referendum on the ballot is asking for three four-year terms. So take it from two terms to three terms. Twelve years. Twelve years instead mm. of eight. Mm. Uh, in 2008, 
the citizens of Memphis voted on to have term limits, to put in two four-year terms. So I'll put that out for people just so you can make an informed decision. So basically, do you want your public officials in the city uh, to have two four-year terms or three four-year terms? And that's up to you because, the, you know, I can go both ways on this because when someone's doing a good job, you want them to continue to do a good job. Yeah. If you had a good, if someone's doing a good job at their employer or whatever it may be, you want them to continue to do a good job for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, we have some people who stay around too long. Mm. And that's why people think you need term limits because they stayed around too long. Maybe they didn't mentor some of the younger people that was coming up. So therefore, you say, you know what, the only way we're going to get rid of some of these folks if they have to leave. So that's up to that's up to the voters to decide on what they want to do. You know, like I said, I can go back and forth. Listen, I wish I can give our President Obama a third term. I wish I could do that. You. So, you know. It needs to be an executive order right. issue right now for that. But, okay, what's the referendum? And then the, and the, and the, last, one, <laughs> the last one would eliminate runoffs. Okay. So that would just mean the person who gets the most votes uh, in the uh, election for the district seat will win. Now, I'm a little bit against that one. Because you, you, you. Well, let me tell you why. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason why people want to get rid of runoffs is they say people don't show up. Well, that doesn't mean the process is bad because people don't show up. People need to be more informed and get more involved, and that's coming upon us to do. Mm-hmm. But let's say, for example, there were 15 people in a race. People don't even know half of the time who were running anyway. Really? But let's say there's 15 people in a race, and we're talking about single member. We're not talking citywide stuff. We're talking district stuff, right, so smaller areas. There's 15 people in a race, and the person with the most votes wins. But they only got 20% of the vote. I don't think a person should represent that whole area with only getting 20% of the vote. Mm-hmm. So what happens now, if there are 15 people in the race, then the top two go to a runoff. So you only get to choose between two people. Okay. To me, that's a much easier decision for people to make instead of saying, you know, there's 15 people in that race. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people will say we need to get rid of runoffs. Well, the proponents say we need to get rid of, a, rid of runoffs to save money. I don't ever want to hear us about talking about saving money when it comes to elections. We need to spend more money on elections. Okay. We need better machines. Mm-hmm. Polls need to be open longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to find a way where we can do early voting throughout the entire election. It doesn't make any sense why you have to why you can early vote at a certain time, but election day you got to go to a certain split space. Exactly. So, for me, we need to be spending more money on elections uh, to make it easier to inform the public. So that's why I stand on runoffs. I think people need to be able to make a choice between the top two people because, listen, I, I get a little skeptical sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, you don't think this will happen, but somebody could say, hey, we're just going to put all these people in a race mm-hmm. and the person with the most recognizable name will win. Now, you would think I'd be okay with that. I got a recognizable name. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's good for the public. Does referendum three kind of parallel with one it does okay you're exactly right so if you if if one passes then three automatically goes away because we'll be using this ranked choice system wow hot topic okay so midterm elections are on the way november 6th i i I can't wait i'm excited um especially uh with this live podcast we're doing with the students at lamar and kind of gauge what are their thoughts as generation z Mm -hmm. they're not millennials they're generation Mm -hmm. z that's a totally different generation. Mm-hmm. They grew up with the internet. No doubt. Their life is on social media. Right. Like, you know, I've talked to um, quite a few of them already, and I go to schools and talk to kids all the time. Some of them are very, very aware 
of what's going on in the world of politics. Mm-hmm. I can't say at that age I was aware of oh, like well, that. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. So I think that's great. It's social, right? Yes. You you can you can attribute that to social media because uh, people are finding stories on Instagram. They're mm-hmm. finding stories on Snapchat, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and it's right there in front of their faces. So you can't help but know what's going on in the world because of that. Yeah. What would you say to, I guess, maybe a Generation Z or, you know, mm-hmm. first time voting? If they feel like their vote does not count, what would you say to them? Well, I tell them it does. And uh, I, I tell them to get involved in the process early. Uh, if you want to have say so, you got to vote. Uh, but I get it. You know, when people say their vote doesn't doesn't count, I think they're really talking about national elections. Mm-hmm. I think they're talking about, you know, I vote for the president. Well, what does that do for me at the end of the day? And the electoral college. Right. That's right. Who are you telling? All right. Yeah. I think they say, well, I vote for, you know, the president. I may vote for the senator. What does that do for me? Well, I tell you, if you want more money in schools, your neighborhoods, vote in local elections. So to a certain extent, because of what the electoral college, electoral college does, if someone tells me a vote doesn't matter, I say, I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I still tell you to go vote because there are people before you that paid an ultimate price ultimate. for you to have that. Mm-hmm. But I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> but for local elections, oh, it does matter. Because if you want to talk about why these streets look the way they do in my neighborhood, then Ooh. you should go vote in local elections. You uh, listen, if you want to talk about how schools don't have funding, then you got to vote in local elections. If you want to talk about how we need to have programs out there to reduce crime and put people to work and training programs, then you got to vote in local elections because local elections besides where the dollars go. Mm, y'all heard Mr. Lowry. Go on, vote, vote, <laughs> vote. Okay, Mikhail, you have really informed us today. <clears throat> but now it's time to transition into right. current events. Cool, good. Now, when we were at Lemoyne, right. we were both magicians. Mikhail played ball. <laughs> and y'all had a good record back then. Yeah, we did. Um, our, my last year there, we started off the season 20-0. and 0. 20 and 0. 20 and 0. It tied the record for the longest rented streak by a college. So both the University of Memphis and Lamorne College had a season when we had 20 and 0 wins. So uh, it was a great year. And then the next year, that team went on and won the championship uh, for the conference. So we had some good basketball playing around there. And you know Lamorne and Memphis play tonight. Tomorrow. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Tomorrow. Look, Are look, you, look, I'm going. So you had me look, thinking like, do I need to leave here right now or what? Okay, no. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, give me right. Give me right. <laughs> the inaugural Battle of the Blues, benefiting the Millington Crisis Center, hosted by myself, Ina Esco, will be November 3rd, 2018, at the USA Stadium in Millington, Tennessee. The event begins at 12 p.m. Gates open at 10 a.m. featuring house band Street Preachers. Tickets are available at Eventbrite. The Millington Crisis Center and they are $10 in advance, $15 at the gate. The inaugural Battle of the Blues, benefiting the Millington Crisis Center, all brought together by Deborah Seguin. Okay, so being that, you know, you're a big basketball uh, player, I know you're a fan, let's talk about the new L.A. Lakers team. Let's talk about them. And I say new because of LeBron. No, that's, that's all right. That's the only reason. Wow. That's all right. So you're a Laker fan. I am a Laker fan. What's up I like with the your Gri- boys? I like the Grizzlies too, but hey, I'm a Laker fan. I've been a Laker fan. Uh, you thank Kobe Bryant for that. Yeah. We struggling right now. Wow. You think oh, they just got to figure it out? I think he's got to figure out in jail. They should have won the other night. I watched that game. It was, it was overtime. LeBron missed two free throws at the end. But hey, and then uh, we got a game they need to win tonight. Um, but I think it's gonna take time, and then plus, you know, we got folks fighting on the floor and stuff Ooh, like that, I and folks it. are spending everything. We what need is to, going we, on? Listen, we need to get our act together. That's all. Right. It's gonna take us a little bit of time. I'm hoping this incident, though, will help the team gel a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm excited. I'm still excited about the Lakers season. Yeah, because, you know, LeBron, like, I, I've watched, like, a lot of footage on LeBron. He seems just like the model uh, leader of the team. Hell Do you yeah. think he's the new leader of the well, who was the old leader? That's right. We didn't have LeBron. We didn't have one. Oh, so, yeah. yeah and the fact that it's funny to say this because, you know, we, we're much older than that. But the fact that he's 33, I think he's the oldest player on that team. And plus, he's the best player in the league. So, definitely, he's a leader. Um, I'm excited about what he's going to bring to the team. Listen, we should, have, we, we should have a shot to win every game as long as he's on the floor. We're just not we're doing it right now. So, yeah. I think it's early. I don't think I, it's too early to hit the panic button just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll be all right. What you think about Lonzo Ball? His daddy, he not saying too much. Ain't he quiet? Ain't he quiet? quiet in the morning. I'm like, man, that man so quiet right now. Look, good. LeBron shut it down. Good, good. Because I got tired of hearing his dad talk all that stuff. And plus, his son needs to show up on the court. And I think he'll have a better year, too. He didn't have a bad rookie season. Uh-uh. People, what happened is his dad talked so much about him yeah. that his expectations were through the roof. So people look back at him and call him a bust almost. Like, no, he had a solid rookie season. I mean, people he have did. won rookie of the year he with his type numbers. So I think he had to say, hey, Dad, look, chill out. Yeah, Got LeBron here. His Let me play bit. a little bit. Let me make my own name for myself, and I think he'll be all right too. One thing I noticed about Lonzo, um, I think he's a good team player. Like, he, as like as far as an assist, right. he'd give up. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He's a he's a pass first type of player, and I think that's why he's glad to play with LeBron. Because LeBron, Mm -hmm. even for how great he is, is still a pass first player. LeBron is. Yeah, LeBron much. That monster on the court. I'm telling you, (laughs) I'm telling you, he much rather pass and get other people involved, which is good. But sometimes you got no one to take over. I think he has that now, though. So. So you think LA gonna win the championship this year? You know, I want to say yes. So that's what you feel, though. No, we're gonna. But you know what? We're gonna be in the West Conference Finals. I still believe that okay. against Golden State. So who you think? Who you think is really like up there above LA right well, now? Golden State. You mean? Oh listen, my boys! Go, Golden State good. got a you know all star team and uh, Curry. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about that? So, uh, barring injury, they should be there. But you know what? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still gonna be rooting for the Lakers. I still think we got a shot, as long as LeBron James is on that court. Yeah, y'all got a, y'all got a hell of a shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what it do. <laughs> now, did you buy a lottery ticket? Man, you got a meal bought, over there in the bank. I bought four, five, six, seven, twelve, fifteen. Man, I bought three. Uh, I, mine yeah. was trash. Look, I bought lottery tickets and then got in, and then got in pools with other folks. Like you know, so I was trying to be in, I was trying to be in the game. Yeah, you know, what somebody went out of South Carolina, they South won Carolina. It? Good for the them. The whole thing. Good for them. I'm happy for them. I Good guess. for them. I guess. Yeah. That could you imagine? Could you imagine they said the winner of the Mega Millions is from Memphis, Memphis Tennessee? Tennessee. You know, we all been like Memphis would be on <laughs> fire. Everybody looking at each other like it's you. You it's know you. what? And you know, we know everybody got like you know you know what I said six degrees separation. Yes. And Memphis Tennessee is like two degrees of separation. So we gonna real. know the per- somebody that know the person. So we'd all be trying oh to be God. like, hey, you know. You remember me? I was at I was here in the studio last night doing some production work, and I kept on in my mind. My husband texted me, "Did you get a ticket?" And I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." So I went to the little corner, so I got the ticket. It was so many people in. Oh yeah. I mean, and the people like you know, I just let the computer pick it, but you had people looking at bringing their paper really out, really strategizing. I right? was like, "Wow, they are so serious about this." But it would have been nice. But you know what? I read so many stories about people winning the lottery and it affecting their lives in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, that's not, that wouldn't be me. We all say that, right? Right, right. You know, it's a lot of pressure and responsibility comes with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a segment on the Today Show, uh, the day of the drawing about past winners. And some of them done really well, but, you know, 
people are thrust into a life they know nothing about. Yeah. Then you talking about vultures. You think you got vultures now around you. Right. you know, put a little money in your pocket and see who comes out the woodworks, you know? Wood including family. Oh, wow. So. Ooh, them, you know they think they owe hey. something hey. off top. That's right. So, well, I'm kind of glad I didn't get it this time. But next yeah, that's, time that's I want it. That's what we say now. Look, look, that's what we say. Yeah, I'm glad we all right. I'm but on it next time. Now, you watch, you probably going to play Powerball this weekend. Powerball up there, too, now. How much is Powerball? Like six hundred million. Oh well, let me see what I do. <laughs> <laughs> let me see what I do. Okay, so I was at work perusing the internet mm-hmm. on CNN and USA Today, and did you see those suspect packages? They're saying that were bombs delivered to the post office yes. for Obama, Clinton. Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. Maxine L- Waters. L- that Maxine you said, Waters. right? And What's CNN, going on with CNN? That? Do you think that that's real, or do you think that's a distraction? From everything else going on. The problem on. is nowadays we just don't know because the because the I, the person that's in the White House right now emboldens a certain uh, demographic, I believe, to do crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think back in the day, or not back in the day, a previous administration, we may say, you know, that may be a distraction or something else. But with the rhetoric that this president spews. Mm-hmm. The divisiveness uh, that he uh, um, attracts, um, there's no telling. I mean, the, the, you know, the people when people march around with uh, tiki's, uh, mm-hmm. fire, and and, and chanting and like talking about it's like, and that's and that's all because of this president has emboldened certain individuals, make things it's okay. Mm-hmm. So back to your question, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, uh, I, I don't know because uh, there are certain people who feel empowered to do certain things because we've allowed this person to be in office. And uh, I just hope uh, that we all show up uh, in 2020 and change really? that. Because it does not look like he's getting impeached. That ain't happening. Oh, my God. What if like this bomb stuff was real and it trailed back to Trump? I bet it he's still in office. That's right. That's crazy. Look, one thing you say about Trump, unfortunately, I disagree with everything, but he's Teflon. I don't get it. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens when uh, the Republicans have the control of the Congress and control of the Senate. And so now I'm going to bring this back around why it's important to vote. Right. Because if the Democrats had control uh, over the House or the Senate, then you may see some things being differently. Uh, you may see an impeachment pro pull up. We've never had a president that's been under this much scrutiny uh, when it comes to uh, other foreign countries and things of that nature of collusion. Mm. Uh, people who have been who've quit or been fired, who've said that this president uh, is corrupt. FBI directors never happened before. (laughs) However, when your party is in control of the House and Senate, it's easier for those things not to stick. So we can change that. So we got to change it. So we got to go out and vote. We had a blue wave that just happened in the county. Listen, for the first time, uh, I believe ever, um, in Shelby County, every Democratic candidate won. Mm Mm-hmm. Countywide, we swept the entire slate. And that's awesome. Obviously, I'm a Democrat, so I'm proud of that. Um, but I think that goes to show that folks here say it's time for a change. Right. So I hope during our midterms and nationally, we say it's time for a change as well. Because Tennessee is a red state. It's a red state now. But it's changing. But listen, here we go. That's why I got to get out and vote. So right now, uh, you have the opportunity to vote for Phil Bredesen for U.S. Senate. Uh, he's a Democrat. He's a former governor of Tennessee. Uh, he's running against uh, Marsha uh, Blackburn, who is a rep- he's a Republican representative in the House uh, in the House of Congress. So you got an opportunity to pick up a Senate seat there for a Democrat. Mm-hmm. You also have the opportunity to vote for Carl Dean, 
Carl Dean is the former mayor of Nashville. He's running for governor. He's running against Bill Lee, who's the Republican nominee. So you got two strong Democratic candidates that could flip our state from a red state to a blue state. Could you imagine if we had a Democratic governor and Democratic uh, representative in Senate? We've just changed the game a little bit. So that's why it's important to go vote. You know what? When you mentioned Marshall Blackburn, that made me think about when Trump came to mm-hmm. Mississippi. And I really I wanted to go because I wanted to see for myself what is going on. But my mom was like, no, you're not going. I don't right. think it's safe. And right. I was like, they can't do nothing to me. She's like, you never know. No. So I always see the Marshall Blackburn ads on TV. Right. And my son is like, who is this Marshall Blackburn? Man, she on TV all the time. <laughs> but you know what? That's because his polls are showing that it's a very, very close race. In fact, uh, Governor Bredesen was up at one point. I think it's got a little bit closer now, which typically happens. Polls show one person up, then election time comes. It closes a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she spent a lot of money on ads right here uh, in Shelby County, yes, which I'm surprised because some of the stuff she's talking about, I don't think Shelby County agrees with. But, right. hey, we'll see. We'll see. We will see, honey. Now, the last thing I want to kind of talk to you about is this Honduras caravan. Mm-hmm. You got all of these people that have been walking from Honduras for like four days. Mm-hmm. It's like 7,000 people yeah. at this moment right now right. trying to seek refuge with the United States. And Trump is like, no, you can't come. And I'm going to stick the military on you, go back home, and we're going to cut funding out for your country. Right, that's ridiculous. You see, this president seems to forget that we're a nation that's built on immigrants. Um, we're also a nation that's built on laws. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a fine line between the two. Um, we need to be a welcoming country. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are laws that have to be uh, followed to enter our country. Like le- the legal process, just, just, right? Just, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that you and I have to follow every day because that's the law of the land, whether we agree with it or not. Uh, and then when we don't agree, it's up, it's up to us to make it known so we can change those things. Um, but just to, to say that we're just not going to let anyone in is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what our country was built on, a, a nation of immigrants. Um, so uh, I wish that he had someone in his ear that could remind him of that. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, for him to talk about cutting off funding to other countries yeah. because of that, it's just it just shows the mentality that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I just hope he's just not in office uh, in the next couple of years. But, um, you know, you hear every reports. I think he said there's some th- I think he made a comment that said there were some terrorists. That's the, what I was going to bring in, up. But I'm the, glad uh, you did. In the group. Right. Like, Where y'all get that information from? How do you know from? this? You right. Know, but you know, did he retract that? Hey, did he? I, that's, I, I thought I heard that because I guess he could not prove that. I'm, if... If this president's retracted anything, then <laughs> I, I'll be afraid. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever heard him say. Maybe subtly. Yeah, well, <laughs> somebody in his office may have retracted. I don't think he's ever said, I didn't mean that or my bad. I don't, I don't think that. I don't when think he's I capable of doing that, that. I was like, where is? where are people getting this information? Um, you know, they're saying that not only are there like ISIS members in, in this caravan, they're saying that it's a lot of criminals, uh, rapists, blah, blah, blah. Like, how y'all know that? Did y'all stop and talk to people? What? I, I mean, know, I know. It's a lot of stuff out there right now. You know, the truth be told is our country is continuously changing. Mm-hmm. And you can see uh, what our demographics will look like 10 years from now, 15 years now, 20. We can project that. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that President Trump represents doesn't like the change that's happening. 
though for that's why he has his slogan make america whatever you know what you know what he says which is ridiculous you know it's hard for me even <laughs> even say it i say you could get it out but but uh it's just ridiculous for the slogan but um but because the writing is on the wall mm-hmm. uh the way our country is changing uh yeah. from a demographics uh, you see him spew rhetoric and talk about walls and talk about not letting people in to further slow down that process. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he speaks to a large demographic of people who agree with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I can agree that we need to have laws followed when entering our country mm-hmm. and do it the correct way. Um, but what I'm not going to agree with was you just telling people no one can come here we're going to cut off funding to countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already labeling you as a terrorist, rapist, drug oh, yeah. dealer because you're trying to escape refuge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something he knows nothing about. Listen, we don't know mm-hmm. anything about that. But what some of our people do know about is a struggle. Mm-hmm. It may not be that struggle, but you know about struggle. Or your parents had to struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you empathize with people who are struggling and want a better life for themselves. And so that's the type of country we need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel when I look at the coverage, when I look at all of the women with their kids. There was actually a report I saw with a woman walking with like a small child. It was a boy. And what came out of the interview was she left her other three kids back and she took her strongest. Mm-hmm. And so the lady was asking, how do you feel about that? You know, trying to pulling some emotion but the look on a lady's face i just my heart broke because i can't imagine having to make that decision Mm -mm, mm -mm. it's just oh my god Mm -mm. like i feel bad for them because there's so many gangs there and just terror like you know they want a better life too yeah that's right and you think and listen we sometimes get caught up in the issues we got as a city we got some issues here but when you see people that have real issues mm-hmm. that are, are willing to get on foot and trek and, and leave children behind I mean, just so they can have a better life. Mm-hmm. And, and some somewhere in that decision, they had to say, well, I'll make a better life. So hopefully I can make a better life for you. But I got to leave you behind. Can you imagine that? Okay. So okay, it's just and then you kind of go back in history to with all of the decisions that the United States made with different countries. Come on now. We kind of bringing this. Come this on is now. all kind of coming full circle, Come I on think. Hey. That's why it's so complex. That's right. Because we had a hand in it. That's right. That's crazy. You know what? And another thing here is that, um, you know, my wife pointed out to me, um, a lot of the sandstorms and hurricanes we get, you know, they originate from? It's the coast of Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and do. it's kind of like, and it, and some of them take the same path mm-hmm. as some of those slave, slave ships. ships. Yeah, yeah. And when you put it in perspective, it's like, hmm. isn't but, that something? But 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 that should hopefully let us know that's why we have to be a more empathetic people, a more empathetic country. Yeah. Because the way our country was built, you can't just turn your back on your eye on other people who are looking for a better way, no, looking for don't. a better life. And Trump seems to have no empathy, and he's claiming he's a nationalist now. Um, when I looked up the term nationalist, like my son, I, I told him that my son, my 13-year-old, he said, Mom, what does a nationalist mean? I mm-hmm. said, well, it sounds to me like pro-country. Mm-hmm. I said, let me just pull it up to get, you know, because he'd be like, how you know? <laughs> so I pulled it up, and that's what it said. And I was like, well, that definition isn't too bad, but no. it just seems like it's there's no gray area with anything. Right. So that's where the whole. It's nothing like you said. It's nothing wrong with being pro country, right? 
it's nothing wrong with that. You would hope that most people, wherever they live, would be, you know, pro, uh, have pride in where they live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, I have pride in where I live. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you say it's not for anybody else. Right. It's not your decision to make that anyone else can't enjoy the same freedoms, the rights, and the pursuit of happiness uh, that we've all been afforded to because they don't look like you. Right. I mean... I'm just saying, if those folks didn't look like they look, and they looked a little bit like our current president, I don't think we had too many issues about it. I don't either. And when we look at demographics, last time I checked demographics, uh, the majority are the Hispanic. That's right. Everywhere. That's right. That's right. It's growing. And it's growing. So they try. Okay. So the big plan. Okay. Okay. See, yeah, okay. Go, look, look, that's what they okay. want. They want to slow, slow this down. Slow mm-hmm. this down because mm-hmm. uh, they know uh, once they come here and they get the right to vote that they're not voting for the Republicans because nah. Republicans are the ones talking about putting up walls and stopping people for pursuing uh, a better life. Mm-hmm. And we should all be about that's what America is about, really. I mean, we talk about pull yeah. ourselves up from the bootstraps and all that kind of good stuff. Well, that's what the president says, even though we know government has a hand in that and helping people who need help. Right. Um, but, you know, the things that he talks about and the rhetoric that he spews and the hatred. In my mind, I call it hatred. Some people may not because uh, there's, there's there's subtleness to it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say he may not say, but it's subtle things in his action and his words Weird. to let me know that he doesn't empathize with people. Um, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He knows nothing about struggle. I know, so I can see, all. okay, that's where he does not empathize with anybody. Nothing at all. From. But how did this man get in this role? Not. I don't know. But he in there. He in there. <laughs> we got to vote, Ina. Illuminati. We got to vote. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, Mikhail, I have thoroughly enjoyed you. I love catching up with you. Likewise. Listen, listen, I'm so proud of everything you've done and accomplished. It feels so good to sit on this side of the room and see you do your thing from back from LOC. So much success to you. Thank you. I wish you much success as well. And I really hope that, you know, everything that you have informed everyone about on this podcast, they're listening and we're going to make some changes. There you go. Go vote. Now, how can everybody get in touch with you, Mikhail? So, yeah, you can you can reach me if you got any questions about what's going on in the county commission, especially if you live in District 8, you got some concerns. Uh, I want to give you a phone number and an email. So you can call me at 901-222-1000. Should be easy enough. Again, that's 222-1000. That's my office at the county commission. You can also email me at Lowry at shelbycountytn.gov. It's probably the easiest thing to do is probably just go on the website and pull up County Commission, and it's going to have all of our email addresses there, all of our phone numbers there. But I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear if you got some ideas of what we should be doing for not only for um, uh, District 8, but for our county and our city. The area I represent is the inner city as well as downtown. So uh, I need to hear from you. Yes, Mikhail Lowry, Shelby County Commissioner, District 8, Big Money Beta View in the house. Thank you so much for coming (laughs) to Verbally Effective Podcast, Episode 41 in the book.